feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we'll continue talking about the president of Harvard who resigned and now is saying it's because of her race, not the 50 accusations of plagiarism, not her pathetic comments before Congress. Also, President Trump has just appealed the decision from the main secretary of state. Remember, she unilaterally decided to disqualify him from the state's 2024 presidential ballot. Well, Trump appealed the ruling, and first it goes through the superior court there in the state. Uh, It could eventually, obviously, go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, He hasn't appealed yet the Colorado decision that came from the court, the state court. Uh, That is obviously expected at any moment as well. But he's saying that it just shows this is all about political persecution, that this is about election interference, and that this has nothing to do with the rule of law. And that this secretary of state, who, by the way, was a Biden elector, This is someone who has supported Joe Biden and just on her own decided, well, what he did was create an insurrection and it falls under the 14th Amendment. Even though a lot of Trump's enemies have said, no, 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 uh, that is not the case. And you don't want states individually making some decision like this, especially such a huge deal like this. Even uh, Bill Barr and Chris Christie have come to his defense on this issue. So you know uh, that this is a bunch of hogwash. But here is the main secretary of state uh, still defending her decision. Listen to her. Do you have any concern uh, taking Trump off the ballot risks? tearing tearing the country apart my duty under main election law and the constitution and the oath i swore to the constitution is was to look exclusively at the hearing and the evidence before me and make a decision based on the law neither political considerations nor personal considerations for my safety could enter into that decision i had a duty and an obligation to follow the constitution as do all of us who serve in government And tonight, a little bit earlier on Katz and Cosby, John Katzimatidis and I spoke with Harvard Law School professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz, and he says this is what he hopes happens with this case and all the other cases. Uh, He believes that the highest court will hopefully throw them all out. Take a listen. My hope is that it's nine to nothing. I don't know whether it will be or not, um, but it should be. And um, um, but it will be I think it will be reversed. I can't imagine the Supreme Court allowing state by state to decide who's on the ballot. Remember who wrote the 14th Amendment It was radical reconstructionist Republicans following Lincoln. And uh, the last people they wanted to decide who's on the ballot are people from South Mm -hmm. Carolina and Virginia. They wanted it to be left to Congress. And so Article five of the 14th Amendment says Congress. Not the states. Congress will have the power to enforce 
these provisions, and they didn't do anything to enforce the disqualification provision. And they did nothing. So here we are, and we're looking at now probably about 11 other states that actually may decide to do the same thing and are looking at Maine and Colorado and saying, hey, maybe I should do that too. So I agree with Professor Dershowitz that this will probably go up to the Supreme Court and they will probably, I would assume, make a ruling on it. But who knows? The Supreme Court, sadly, has become quite political themselves these days. And in fact, Trump has even expressed, there have been some reports that he expressed some concern that the justices that he appointed, he appointed three of them, remember, he's worried that they may be worried to, quote, look political and therefore may not necessarily rule in his favor, even if they feel it's the right thing to do. So you just never know when you're dealing with the courts these days, which way it is going to go. But it's interesting to see that he's appealing and he is fighting that tooth and nail and he's going to do the same with the Colorado decision. And of course, uh, they're waiting to see what happens. They're trying to hurry it up because they want to try to get him off the ballot. And in the meantime, he stays on the ballot till these appeals are pending. So it shows a lot of their moves are just political anyway. 1-800-848-9222. We're talking about that. And obviously, Harvard and the Harvard president, as she resigns, uh, says it's basically all about race. She cites threats, quote, fueled by racial animus in her resignation letter. Can't she just say, uh, boy, I need a lot more self-reflection and maybe a lot of people in academia need the same thing, too? No, 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 no. She is playing the race card. Let's go to Pete. Line five. Pete, uh, your thoughts about Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard. Rita, I want to apply for that job. 800000 Oh, man. I'm Italian. I wait, got wait, wait, Pete. Pete it's eight, yeah. a, 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 reports say it's 888 or something like that. It's almost 900000 Don't rip yourself Holy off. Holy mackerel. 900000 to make to make stupid comments like that and claim uh, racism. I got, I'm just saying, I got a little black in me. I'd be great for the job, you know? I would be, I could sleep through that job. Nah, really. It's a, by, it's by the way, of, Pete, uh, you told, you did the polar bear plunge, didn't you tell me yesterday, right? Yes, I did. All right, so and, you uh, deserve every dime of that 888000 <laughs> after doing the polar bear plunge. You've earned it, Pete. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, but you're right, the amount, you just can't make it up, Pete. Isn't it? It is, no. it is, it is insane. Pete, thank you, and, and stay warm. Stay warm. You're you're my hero for doing the polar bear polar bear plunge, and I love the the bikers who uh, thwarted off the protesters too. That was also a good part of that uh, your story there too, Pete. Thanks so much. Let's go to Tony, line one. Tony, uh, your thoughts about the president of Harvard? Well, you know, in the, we talked about woke opoly in 2023, but I'm going to go with WABC, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. And here's what I have to say. I have to tell the truth in 2024. That's one of my New Year's resolutions. So Claudine Gay did what she was allowed to do. And I think when the heat, when the frying pan got a little hot, she might have bailed. But she's still going to be getting a lot of the goodies that go with the job, and she'd still be working. But what I found out about Harvard, which you may not have known, maybe you did, is that the prior president 
when he, before he left in his last few years, he did an endowment with Harvard on an interesting topic um, on slavery and how Harvard, uh, the university itself, you know, impacted slavery in the Northeast Corridor. And they did a study and they did a report and they acknowledged the historical significance of slavery at Harvard, which was kind of interesting. I didn't read it. And I think, you know, good for her that she was the first uh, black American president. You know, I don't take that away from her. It just seems strange to me that it took all these years to put in the first black American president. And now we're finding that, you know, she's a plagiarist. But number two is that, you know, when they looked at her and they looked at her background, she's a political scientist. She's not an educator. And and they put someone in who has an agenda. And this is this is what they're protecting, you know, who's ever funding them. And this is really why I think it's it's walking on eggshells for them, Rita, because this was an endowment on African-American studies. And like I say, good for her. I'm not taking it away from her. But it was a big chunk of money that they put into it. And they took they took like the hit on the part they played, you know, at the time, historically. And they're looking to continue to rewrite the history and talk about it. So I think it's an agenda with them. And I think it's going to be very hard for them to say goodbye. Yeah, and and I also think, and I'm sure you heard Tony. She's staying in a you know in a teaching in a faculty role, so it's not. And and according to reports, she may be making the same money, so uh, it may not be such a sad moment for her. That may be part of it. Um, And the other issue is too is just like you said. I think that there's a lot of issues. Like I mean, I brought up the fact that right after that testimony and and then she got all this heat people said oh boy it was horrible well there were all these letters written by i think it was hundreds of professors at Harvard University and other faculty members there that were signing letters uh saying right. in support of her i mean granted it's hard when somebody's the president and your boss if you will but still they seemed and i saw a number of them in interviews they seemed genuine of their support for her and that she didn't maybe say anything wrong and that they thought Everything was appropriate. So just like you said, part of it is part of the whole climate there. And just by having her move and now moving, I guess, to another spot, not even leaving, um, do I think they'll be further conscious of it? Yes, because clearly they did not like the negative attention. I think there was at least some wake-up call. But there were also a lot of big donors who came forward and said they weren't going to do any more money. They were threatening big money uh, withdrawing. And I also think it wasn't it wasn't a quick reaction, which shows that it may not have been a genuine reaction. You know, I mean, it obviously took him a while to get to this conclusion. So it makes me think that there's a lot of uh, mini Claudine Gays roaming around there, that it may not just be, uh, you know, a Claudine Gay issue. It may be a lot, a lot more pervasive. And that's why uh, this is really, you know, yeah, it's a powerful moment. And and I am sad for anybody that that she you know had to step aside. On the other hand, um, and I think and I think whenever there's moments of of somebody who becomes the first, you know, like Obama becoming the first African American president, um, you know, I thought just even that that moment of of, of an African American president in America, I thought was a great moment. I'm all for people, um, you know, uh, moments. I'd love to see a female president, just not Kamala Harris, but. 
I think that, you know, I think there are these great moments in history and I think they should all be heralded. You know, I, I think and I and I don't just like you, I don't take it away from her. On the other hand, I think it's a lot more pervasive. The fact that there's so many other faculty members who even tonight apparently are very upset that she stepped aside, even after all these allegations of plagiarism and after all this testimony, uh, they still are not having a, a reality check, I think. So where do you think it's headed, Tony, within Harvard? You know, it's funny because, you know, I get the feeling and I, I don't want to say the word, but it's almost like a reparation, you know, for, for the whole slavery thing. And we're going to put you in and keep you here. And, you know, we're, you're still one of us. You're still one of the family. I think Harvard is going to have a really hard time with it because of this study and because of this endowment. I think she may go away. We may not hear about her, but she'll still be there because of this study. I think they have a reparation thing and they also have supported reparations, um, you know, when they've done their papers and recommendations to the president. They've been involved in a lot of that, Rita. It's gonna be a very hard thing for them to cut all cords from from this woman. Yeah, it's not I, gonna happen. Yeah, I agree. I And I think uh, there are gonna be um, people, like apparently there's calls for a protest tonight. Uh, on campus and near on her behalf. Um, and there's obviously other people saying, saying, bravo, what took so long. So I think they're they're going to be wrestling with a lot of stuff uh, for some time to come. I 100% agree with you. Let's go to Robert real quick on line three. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. So these are, we're dealing with super, super educated people. And she has a lot of things she could have said when they asked her that question. But she keeps going back and avoiding the question. Then she she's using the race card. My question is, as smart as these people are, and they're all scripted, you know, when you go on the different uh, uh, network channels, they all say the same thing all the time. It, has the race card become the new Fifth Amendment? That's an interesting point. What do you think? What do I you think? think? I, have a, I have an opinion that it has. Because if it's every and it's a sad, it's a, it's a very sad thing because if if a person goes in life that making excuses for something or saying that something is for or against or what or whatever is because of one situation, isn't that very weak? Yeah. I mean, if I, I'm not I'm it not African American, but if I were to say that everything in my life that was either a, a good thing that happened or a bad thing happened was because I was African American. Is that a weak position? Yeah, I think it is. And and listen, um, there are so many incredibly uh, successful African-Americans who've worked very hard to where they are. And and I contend it's because they're smart and they've worked hard. And and I agree. I think sometimes it is a you know, it, it, it diminishes. It's a fallback. And in this case, to blame when you see all the issues with this woman. Um, I think it does a great disservice to the African-Americans and other people who've worked extremely hard, who haven't been accused of plagiarism, who uh, would have aced that question before Congress. You know, and, and part of it, Robert, by the way, too, not making excuses for her, but they had, I think, a whole bunch of lawyers that were lawyering her before she got to that statement because it was like the other ones also had the same canned lines. So it's like all their lawyers said, here are the statements to read. Uh, I mean, who are the lawyers that were advising her uh, that that was a smart thing to say? Um, or maybe she didn't know what to say and had to rely on them. It'd be interesting to know the whole backstory behind it. Uh, maybe she's going to throw them under the bus, too. 
Uh, it's lawyers, it's race, it's this. Uh, but I guess you can't use that for the plagiarism. And she certainly has a mind of her own if she's a university president and she should have used it that day. Uh, and she didn't. And boy, was that a disservice. And I think, like you said, it does a disservice, I think, to so many great and brilliant African-Americans and people of all colors and creed out there. Um, and it's a shame uh, that the first African-American you know, president of Harvard goes down in such disgrace uh, because there are so many really smart African-Americans um, that uh, deserve to be in those kind of positions, too, and, and should be in positions all over the country. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls after the break. And also, what do you think of Trump uh, going to appeal now, as he has, at least one of the decisions, the one in Maine, to try to kick him off the ballot? He says it is political persecution. And the liberal media is going, what, are you kidding me? They think it's justified. What? You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show. hoping he can celebrate after see i know the songs there guys i love this song let's put it up a little bit as it Trump is hoping he will be celebrating if the Supreme Court, or maybe even before it, the state Supreme Court, there's the Superior Court in Maine, hears his appeal. Uh, This is after the Secretary of State is trying to throw him off the ballot there. And also, some of these new polls are amazing that have just come out. It's a USA Today poll, and it essentially shows that Biden is bleeding in Hispanic voters losing a lot of African-American support and young people. That is not good for President Biden, but good news for President Trump to celebrate. Uh, Real quick, let's go to Robert in Suffolk, line two. Robert, your thoughts about all these appeals? Hi. Trump has to go on offense with everybody that has been aggrieved 
like his lawyers, go after the judges, the government, and the prosecutors. Well, if that's the case, Robert, that's a long, long list because there's a lot of them who have been uh, attacked. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a very powerful story coming from Indiana. December 7th, as we know, marked the 82nd anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And just a few days ago, the state of Indiana honored one of the survivors of the attack. At 101 years old, Ivan Atkins has witnessed a whole bunch during his years on this earth. And in 1940, Atkins joined the military when he was 18, along with his brothers. Less than a year later, Japan bombed American warships and bases in Pearl Harbor. And that attack, as we know, killed more than 2,400 Americans. Atkins and his brothers were on the USS West Virginia, one of the battleships that was sunk. And a family member of veteran Atkins said, He is the story of the American underdog. He's a little guy from Indiana who ended up right in the middle of American history. Now, eight decades later, Atkins is being honored by the state of Indiana with the highest honor that the Indiana governor can bestow. Atkins, by the way, served for six years as a gunner in the Navy. And the granddaughter of the veteran said, quote, I always share with our daughters that their great-grandfather at the age of just 19 was shooting down kamikazes to save his battle buddies and the Admiral's fleet. In this day and age, I cannot see a 19-year-old having the fortitude to do all that and to survive. Adkins, by the way, did suffer from PTSD, and his family says it was faith that helped him get through those tough Times. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been standing up for America's greatest heroes since 9-11. Heroes like retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Michael Cardoz. He served for 20 years and received numerous commendations, including a Bronze Star. Overseas, he was exposed to toxic burn pits. Service-related cancer took his life. Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on his family's home, enabling his widow and their six children to stay forever. Help heroes and their families. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. And again, everybody, do what you can to help the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation, T2T.org. They help America's heroes in a big, big way. Well, we, of course, are talking about President Trump, but we're also talking about chaos in the world. Uh, That includes everything that's going on, of course, Russia invading Ukraine, the dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan, also the situation in the Middle East, which is now a tinderbox tonight. And also, let's not forget the border and the migrant situation. And today, Mayor Eric Adams said, woe is me, 
boy, I had nothing to do with this crisis going on in New York. And we were just, I guess, sadly, you know, in a card game, given a bad hand. Take a listen. We were dealt a hand and we played the hell out of that hand. What this administration has done, uh, international and national leaders have looked at it and said, it's amazing what you what you have done in this administration. And so this is the hand we were dealt. And everyday New Yorkers who are who are struggling to make ends meet, they're not weeding through all the layers. All they know is we have a mayor and we have a migrant crisis and the mayor did not fix that migrant crisis. We have to show them that the national government has dropped this into our lap. So we'll use a, a game analogy. Craps, of course, is the dice game. Uh, that's not craps. That's crap. All right. But here is what he says. Right. He also further added that it's all Texas's fault. Right. Um, I just saw, by the way, uh, the governor, uh, the governor, the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, who's to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot. Remember, he replaced Lori Lightfoot because she wasn't too far. She wasn't far left enough for Chicago, I guess. But he's been complaining, too, along with Mayor Eric Adams. And yes, uh, they did expect that the federal government would come to their aid. But they're sitting there saying, well, why this just kind of happened. They both advertised and said, come one, come all. And then they wonder why they come to New York City and Chicago. And Chicago is now complaining that Texas is sending buses there, as is, as you know, New York City, right? And it turns out that Texas is saying, I think they sent somewhere about twenty to 28,000 uh, migrants via buses to Chicago, which maybe sounds like a lot, but the reality is that's like uh, less than three days of migrants that are crossing the border because in one single day in December, more than 12,000 crossed the border, typically anywhere from eight to 10. So that's less than three days worth of what crosses the border every single day, typically into Texas, of course. So uh, welcome to the party is what Governor Abbott is saying. And yet that's all you hear now. Uh, They say, yeah, we needed money from the federal government. You hear that from Adams. You hear that from Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago. And then you hear of what a horrible boogeyman. It's not Biden and his policies with the open border. Oh, no, the problem is Governor Abbott. Listen to Mayor Adams just a little bit ago. Governor of Texas continues continuously state that, well, you guys are a sanctuary city. You know, that has nothing to do with this. These people are paroled into the country. They're legally here. And being a sanctuary city is, has nothing to do with this at all. These are people who are paroling uh, into the country. And while they're here, uh, we are obligated by what the city has pushed. And that's why we're in court now to say that the right to shelter should not have an impact on this migrant crisis. It seems like a bizarre case of, of, of poker where you say, I'm going to exec- issue an executive order that's going to p- prevent only have buses coming in a certain time. And he says, I'll see that but that bid, and now I'm going to send him to New Jersey. I mean, how did it keeps going? Yeah, you, 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 you do until he throws in his hand. We're going to win because we're on the side of right. We're on the side of right of that human beings should not be treated in an inhumane manner. And so he's not on the side of right. Our country has always been a country of immigrants. 
a country of rules and regulations, and we will utilize those rules and regulations to stop what he's doing to cities in America. New York is a city where we fight bullies, and others are joining us. There is so much in that comment, and I want to get your reaction because it's shocking. He is calling Abbott the bully, and and yet, what about our wide-open southern border? He's saying they are paroling people into the country. Well, they shouldn't be paroling. They're paroling everybody, quote, if that's what you call it, into this country. And they shouldn't, quote, being paroled to illegally come into this country. It's not a free-for-all. A country has to have sovereignty. It has to have some borders. It has to have some protection. And it is so insane that the White House is allowing that to happen. And it seems like more and more Mayor Eric Adams, to use his card game analogy, is playing solitary and playing roulette, if you will, with our taxpayer dollars. Because who knows what's going to be cut. Uh, There was an interview earlier today that I saw from the head of the fire department at Eagle Pass, Texas. Tomorrow, Republicans, a whole bunch of them are going down there. So the head of the fire department in Eagle Pass said, we can't take any more calls. We are so flooded with migrant calls because they're in ground zero. They're right there on the front lines of the border. And they're dealing with so many people crossing the border every single day. So all these migrants, there's all these emergency calls that come into the fire department. And he said there's a massive line just to walk into the door of the one hospital that they have there in Eagle Pass. That they are so overrun that they can't handle other calls because they have so many migrant calls. That is sort of a classic case of what is happening to one great American city. And it's happening, sadly, to many of them. And this is not a card game that we wanted to play with. So why are we being dealt this hand? Well, many people say the right to shelter does not extend to migrants. That is absolutely worth fighting. And you can't sit there and say, come one, come all, and then again wonder why they came to the party. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about that, uh, Trump, and so much more. Let's go to Phil, line three. Uh, Phil, first your thoughts on, on the migrants, and then we'll get to Trump, too. Phil, are you there? Call us Call us back, Phil, if you could. Call us back. Let's go to Robert, line four. Hello? Hey, Robert, you're on. Go ahead, Robert. It's good to talk to you, Rita. Um, I just wanted to say two things. First, um, all the things that they're reporting on these news stations, they're now blatantly saying, as a sentence, Trump is guilty of insurrection. Now, when all this is said and done, Doesn't he have a massive, massive libel and defamation suit against all the parties? I'm not just saying it's been reported or he's accused of. The ones who say he's an insurrectionist and needs to go. Hard news people. Okay, that is the very foundation of a libel lawsuit, is it not? Yeah, you you actually have a very interesting point. I mean, yes, some people in the media, if their opinion shows, they can say, well, that's my opinion. I don't know if they say that or if they portray themselves as opinion people. Um, But 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 you're right. I mean, to say that, oh, he's been you know, he's and I've even heard some say he's been charged with insurrection. It's like, whoa. Um, talk about or or even the banners sometimes underneath you'll see on TV, you know, Trump 
is an insurrectionist. You're like, uh, I mean, especially when you're dealing with legal issues that we are right now. Um, you know, it, there's there's a lot of subjectivity, but you're right. I think there actually could be potential grounds. Go ahead. Well, there's a, there's a difference between op-ed and hard news, okay? Like this Covington kid that sued, right? And he got some money. Um, the stations that reported it on their hard news shows as a fact were the ones that had to pay, okay? Now, what I found interesting in the ruling was the court decided that nothing on NBC constitutes news. They said it was an opinion talk show and couldn't be sued under libel. Oh my God! I, I don't thought, know. I don't know if that's more insulting than uh, I know. Than I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. So wait, did but they he, sue? Did they sue? Saying, "Wait a minute, we are news. Wait a minute. Wait a minute." No, that, no. Well, MSNBC. <laughs> that's why they didn't have to pay Covington, while CNN and CBS had to. Oh, that's okay? funny. That's, that's interesting. That, right. That's why Fox, that's why Fox should have fought that Dominion lawsuit, because it was only their opinion people saying those opinions about Dominion. It wasn't reported on their hard news, but Fox just didn't have the guts to fight it out. They would have won. But as far as the uh, migrants go, everybody in America knows it's Biden's fault to see the media letting these clowns blame it on Abbott is an insult to all of our intelligence. But we're used to it by now. Um, keep yourself assured of the fact, Rita, that a vast majority of Americans see is they see what's going on through the same eyes me or you are looking at right now. They see the persecution of Trump. They see the borders crazy, and they see that Biden hasn't made one decision in any area that has benefited Americans. The media can't save them, and we're going to win. And this is going to be a great year. And I hope you have one more thing. When I got the confirmation on the news that the Gerald R. Ford was coming home, the whole family went crazy. We can't wait for her to get here. And thank you all for your support. And you have yourself a great night, Rita. By the way, and congrats. I know uh, it's uh, you have a family member who is on uh, the Gerald R. Ford. Is it your daughter or your son, Robert? Real my quick. Daughter, my daughter, I have five, but she's my daughter. That's what I thought, too. That's what I thought. How beautiful, Robert. And I am happy to hear that she's coming back and doing well and safe, as is everybody on that ship. Um, how beautiful. And, Robert, that's why I love you, because uh, uh, that you um, love our military as much as I do and have obviously a beautiful daughter and so many folks, as you mentioned, um, in the family who uh, belong to the military and support the military. Robert, thank you. What beautiful, beautiful news to hear. Um, And let's go real quick to Jacqueline. Line three. Jacqueline, uh, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. You know, first of all, I have to wish you a happy new year. Thank you. Um, You too. Thank you so much. You know, I I had to ask Matt, did I hear my, were my ears correct or were my ears deceiving me? Did Eric say that they're ushering in these individuals from all over the world legally with an L? Yes, he said that they are they are paroling them legally. In legally. other words, we are legally bound. In fact, I, I was shocked by that, too. Let me see if we can find that again, because I want to play it so we can all hear it. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, that they were sort of legally bound and given to us. What I'm going to do, do me a favor, Jacqueline, stay with us. Yeah. We're okay. going to, and then we'll play it after the break, and then I'll get you to reply. Okay, stay with us, Jacqueline, and we'll play it over again. Because as soon as I heard it, they are paroling everybody, and we're legally bound. I think it was something to that effect. But we're going to play it and all hear it together once again. Stay with us after the break. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show.
It's the Rita Cosby Show. Well, right before the break, Jacqueline and I and all of you, we were talking about what Mayor Eric Adams said when he went after Abbott and about people coming over the border. Let's take a listen and then I'll go back to Jacqueline because it was an interesting answer. This is from Mayor Eric Adams of New York today on the migrant issue. Governor of Texas continues continuously state that, well, you guys are a sanctuary city. You know, that has nothing to do with this. These people are paroled into the country. They're legally here. And being a sanctuary city is, has nothing to do with this at all. These are people who are paroling uh, into the country. And while they're here, uh, we are obligated by what the city has pushed. And that's why we're in court now to say that the right to shelter should not have an impact on this migrant crisis. Our case of, of, of poker, where you say, I'm going to exec- issue an executive order that's going to pre- prevent only have buses coming in a certain time. And he says, I'll see that but that bid, and now I'm going to send him to New Jersey. I mean, how did, it keeps going. Yeah, you, 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 you do until he throws in his hand. We're going to win because we're on the side of right. We're on the side of right of that human beings should not be treated in an inhumane manner. And so he's not on the side of right. Our country has always been a country of immigrants, a country of rules and regulations, and we will utilize those rules and regulations to stop what he's doing to cities in America. New York is a city where we fight bullies, and others are joining us. Wow. All right. So, Jacqueline, you and I both caught that. I, I, he said they are paroling uh, these people into the country, they are legally here. Uh, they're not legally here. Uh, they are not here. Uh, many of them, uh, first of all, don't even go through any single solitary process. Um, they are here illegally until they're deemed to be here uh, legitimately through asylum processes. Um, and many of them, I'm even thinking, like, let's talk about even the gotaways. I mean, we have no idea who's here. Um, so he got for him to say they're legally here. Uh, that is that's a shocker. That's like what 10 million people are all legally here. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here, Jacqueline. I couldn't believe my ears. I said, I have to call Rita and I have to ask her, did I hear this correctly? And to use one of your phrases, this is the, the most creative word salad that I have ever heard in my entire life. And you've played a lot of clips with a lot of politicians uh, spewing word salad. But this guy is in- incredible. He's now looking to point the finger at anyone and everyone that he can when he is the one that is responsible for what happened here in New York City. He is the one who gave all of these illegal immigrants an open invitation. We welcome you all with open arms to come to New York City, to a sanctuary city. Come one, come all. Now he's not going to point the finger at Biden anymore because that blew up in his face. So he's looking to point the finger at whoever he can. But this is incredible. They're not here legally, Eric. They're not here legally. Right, right. Like, uh, what, all the gotaways, too, they're here legally? I mean, it, it is a preposterous statement. And Jacqueline, you know, uh, just to even double down on what you said, 
the mayor of Chicago said yesterday, I played a clip and I couldn't believe when he said this. Um, He made this statement saying, you know, we want to continue our mission. We need more federal funds to continue the mission. In other words, we don't regret saying Sanctuary City. They're basically uh, tripling down in Chicago. He's not saying kick them out. They want more money to continue it. But that's what the Democrats do. They always have a handout for more money. Tax and spend. And, and, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a sad story really quickly. Uh, A a, a gentleman in about his 50s, a Hispanic man, he's not here legally. He is here illegally. Uh, He can no longer work. Oh, no, according to Eric Adams and and, uh, the mayor in Chicago, he's here legally. Well, (laughs) this is a man that's been here for over 30 years now. This is not someone who came here recently. And the poor man is literally living out on a street corner. Uh, and another woman oh, helped sad. him out. It's terrible. So um, I'm, I was speaking with another woman in my church who helps him out. He's got a cat. Um, and I said, you know, let him help him to go to all the local assembly people in the area. They will give him help. All of these millions of people are coming in here. And here this man is living on the street corner. Yeah, that is really, really sad. Just like you said, I'm glad that you told other people to get some local officials involved because nobody should be sleeping on the streets. Um, But I'm also glad you highlighted this point, especially for the people coming over in the last few years. What a mess we're in, guys. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.